Man's search for meaning is at the deepest core of who he is, asking the question, who am I? What is my identity? What is the meaning of everything? These are key questions as the human heart searches for the answers. St. John the Baptist gives us a great illustration about a human tendency or a human fallacy in the midst of everything. In our time, especially when it's easy to struggle for the sense of meaning, where our world is so fragmented and it's very difficult to have relationships, and I'm not just talking with during lockdowns and not having normal functions, but just in the 21st century with communication the way it is, it's much more difficult to have authentic community and authentic meaning. Far contrast from even just decades ago where you were born and raised and you stayed generally in the same place. With transportation so different, we seldom are able to be where we call home for more than 15 years at a time. All of this can cause a crisis within us in searching for meaning. One of the tendencies, one of the mistakes that we can make in this search for meaning is to try to make ourselves something less than what we are, to hold on to one aspect of something that might be true about us and make that everything. We can identify ourselves and say, I'm a Colts fan. Or we can say, I'm a Hoosier. We can say a variety of things, all sorts of things. What our affiliation is in politics or even to say something like, I am a Catholic, which is nearer to the mark, but it's not everything. When we try to reduce ourselves to something that is only an aspect of us, it actually lowers our dignity because our dignity is so much greater and inexhaustible in comparison to a certain term that we can apply to ourselves. And sometimes that term is actually just a set of actions. And sometimes people choose to take not just a set of actions, but a set of sinful actions. And that's the worst case scenario because all of a sudden we say, I'm identified with this grouping of things and it's hard to not be shame, to not have shame, not be shameful when I say I'm only this list of sinful things. I could give you more examples, but it's kind of early in the morning for something controversial, but that's okay. So what does St. John the Baptist teach us about where our meaning lies, how to avoid the pitfalls of identifying ourselves with some aspect or something far less than what we truly are. It's interesting. Two groups of people get sent to St. John the Baptist. On the one hand, you have the priests and the Levites, which represent the religious and cultic authority in the temple area. These are generally the Sadducees. The Sadducees only held to the first five books of Moses. Then the other group that's sent to St. John the Baptist are the Pharisees, and they're sent to ask the same sort of questions. Who is this man who's out in the desert saying all these things? All these people are coming to him, and he's baptizing. 
let's figure out who this is. So they're from across the aisle. These are two groups that do not like each other, and both are independently sent to St. John the Baptist. And it's interesting what their tactic is. Rather than come out right away and say, who are you? They begin by, what are you then? Are you Elijah? They don't give St. John the chance to answer. They just presuppose something. He says, I am not. Are you the prophet? So they haven't figured out. Maybe the best place to begin is an open-ended question, not a yes or no question or um, a simple question assuming someone's identity. Rather, the correct question they finally ask on the third try, which is, who are you? St. John, rather than identify himself with a particular aspect of who he is, chooses this phrase from Isaiah, which the scribes, excuse me, which the Sadducees, the priests and the Levites did not accept. So it's interesting that St. John the Baptist is using a scripture authority that the people he's speaking to don't actually accept. He says, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. What's so amazing about this response, it's actually two things. What's amazing about this response is first, this is closest to the identity of who St. John the Baptist is, but really who any of us are. He's not a person per se, he is, but he says he's the voice but it's in reference to the Lord. And that's the closest thing to the mark that we can get in terms of what is my identity. Rather than name a certain aspect of myself, the truest aspect of myself is actually a reference to God, not to anything else. There's a crazy line from a theologian in our century that he says, God is more I than I myself. God is more I than I myself. Which is a crazy thought when you first hear it and first think about it. But it really gets down to the truth. Because when I reach the deepest part of my existence, the deepest part of who I am, when I close my eyes and contemplate and reach down to the deepest areas of what my being is, I don't find myself, I find another. I find someone else, something else. And that deepest part of my existence is actually God. When I see who I am at its deepest point, it's not actually me who stands there, but the one who made me. And that's the big difference in everything. Every creature if they have the capacity like men and women to be able to think and to love, when you reach down to the deepest part of what defines me, it's the fact that I did not create myself, that God created me and that God loves me. We say that God is more I than I myself in the sense that his being his existence 
He is the only one who can say in all the created, visible and invisible universe that I am full stop. Doesn't need to reference anyone. He is who is. That's it. We don't need to go anymore. He's everything. And everything else that is created participates in a particular aspect of God. We only have our existence from him almost like it's on loan. But the thought that created us from God is the same act of his that keeps us in being with which he loves us and wills the best things for us. All of this is bound up in one action of God. That's why we say our being is participatory. We don't have existence on our own in and of itself. Rather, it relies upon God. It participates in his. So when I say God is more I than I myself, I'm acknowledging the fact that my existence, my being relies upon another, which is true of every creature. So this is astounding that St. John the Baptist picks up on this and knows the greatest aspect of who I am when all these priests and Levites are coming to me and all these Pharisees are coming to me and assuming I'm a particular person. You're the Elijah who is to come. You are the Christ. You are the prophet, which was actually a term that represented Moses, but he denies everything. And they finally ask, who is he? And he says, I'm the voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. That's an astounding thing. He answers the question so accurately because of not just who he is to prepare the way of the Lord, but who he is as a man created by God. The other fundamental thing that's incredible about St. John the Baptist's answer is what sort of encounter with God would it take for a man to be so bold to take this vocation onto himself, to pick out this important phrase in the gospel, excuse me, in the prophet Isaiah, this extremely well-known prophet and well-known prophecy, and to say, this prophecy applies to me. I am the voice crying out in the desert. What this prophet wrote 700 years earlier, I am this person. What encounter with God did he have? What sort of prayer life did he have in the wilderness that this was revealed to him? And he was comfortable to take this title to himself and live out this vocation that was prophesied by this incredibly famous prophet, Isaiah. And that should give us a reason to stop in our tracks and say, this is pretty profound. We don't have a call narrative of Jesus walking by and saying to John the Baptist, oh yeah, you're the voice of one in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. You're that guy, so go around and start announcing it to people. It could have happened, but it's not recorded in the Gospels. But we do know he was in the wilderness, and we do know that he had deep communion with God, that he was very in tune with the one true thing. So given those things, We know that one role that we have, if we truly want to discover our meaning, our existence, who I am, 
the place where I should go is prayer. The place that I should seek is communion with God. I'm not going to find my identity or my meaning by going out into the world and letting people call me, well, you're this and you're that. And you should identify with this group or you should be this type of person. Let's all get together. And fundamentally, at my very core, I'm a Colts fan or I'm a Hoosier or a Carmelite or whatever you call people from Carmel. In any case, our most fundamental identity is son or daughter of God. It's a reference to the one who made us. And this fundamental truth is true for every created thing, but especially for every person. One thing that's true, even if you encounter an atheist, the one thing that you have to be able to agree upon, otherwise they're just off their rocker, is you did not make yourself. That's a great starting point. You did not make yourself. Even an atheist has to accept that they are created by another, even if it's only a biological process in their mind from their parents, the most fundamental thing they have to be able to affirm. And already we're on the way to believing in God. And it's so easy. Everyone knows who's in their right mind. Everyone knows that I did not create myself. The final thing I want to mention is even Jesus Christ, who can say, I am who am, this original identity that God alone has, Jesus could say that. And yet, so often, he reveals himself in relation to another, something that we'd normally think creaturely, but it's not creaturely in his case, because he's revealing the innermost depths of the Trinity. He's revealing the fact that he's sent by another. He says, I am coming, I have come not to do my will, but the will of one who sent me. And he'll say lines like, the Father is greater than I. Not in divinity, but in Christ's humanity, he's saying this. It's amazing how often Jesus Christ will actually reference another, like we're supposed to do, when he talks about his identity, who he is. So we can even look to Jesus and say, okay, the one person in the universe who is made visible chose to reference himself in light of another. When people asked who he is, he said, I'm the one who is sent. That is so significant that it should teach us how important it is to live our life in reference to another. And then what, what meaning we're filled with because all of a sudden, I am not just a mere person walking about in the world who is doing certain activities and involved with certain groups. Now all of a sudden, I am bound up with the most important thing in the visible or invisible created universe, which is God himself. And I'm not doing this arbitrarily. I'm doing this because God created me that way. Isn't that profound? The most amazing thing in all of the universe chose me, chose you to represent himself, 
to have this relationship with him. And that is true for all eternity for us. The moment he created us, he made a relation with himself that lasts all eternity. Which is a really beautiful thing where we get our meaning and our dignity. I ask that all of us in whatever quiet that we can find in the next week and a half to find some time of quiet so that we can seek communion with God and allow him to reveal to ourselves our identity. And it doesn't have to be a profound moment, an epiphany that hits you, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this before. But just to take some moments in prayer and be able to ask God to enter in and reveal ourselves to ourselves, reveal ourselves who we are. I think this Advent, as we get so excited waiting for the coming of Christ, we can actually learn more our own identity in this process of waiting. And he's worth waiting for. He's the one who is more I than I myself. He's the one who defines who I am. So as we wait for him, let's ponder upon who he created us to be and our identity that we receive from him.